Voice, where we have meaningful conversations that awaken your desire to live at your highest self, becoming all you were created to be. I am your friend and host, Carla Hernandez, partnering up with the Holy Spirit to provide discipleship to women through personal experiences and biblical wisdom. I am a sinner saved by grace, filled with the Holy Spirit, stepping into purpose by faith as I proclaim the gospel by sharing the good news. Hey, hey, welcome back to Becoming My Voice. This is Perla Hernandez. I am so happy to be here recording. For today's episode, I want to talk about the throne of grace. I know many of us need this. I was studying this week the book of Hebrews. It totally left me speechless. We cannot comprehend the love of God through Jesus. Right before I get into that, I actually want to share with you what happened to me this weekend. I really feel a lot of us are in the season of life. We're either walking into purpose, we're figuring out purpose, or even in a current state, we're limiting ourselves or having self-doubt. So with that being said, let me jump into it. So this weekend I was in Atlanta. I was in a conference that I had been praying about a couple of months ago and God gave me the green light. I went ahead and I went. Friday night when I was in the room with all the other VIPs, one of the girls asked a question I kind of needed to ask as well, but I just couldn't find the right words. The girl starts asking, I am in a current season of my life where I know my purpose, but I feel a disconnection and it has nothing to do between God and I. Like I have that on lockdown. I am blossoming in that area. But when it comes to myself, I feel internally that there is something that's missing. The girl that was hosting this boldly told her, it is because you are not believing in yourself. You know your purpose but you don't believe that you are capable. (sighs) When she said that, tears just started flowing down my cheek. I knew I needed to be in that room. I knew exactly why God positioned me in that moment. In a split second, that was breakthrough for me. I needed to know what was internally going on because I couldn't figure it out. I had prayed about it and it's that moment that God needed me to hear those exact words because there is always someone that's going to be going through the same season that you're currently in. I quickly just wanted to get into to my hotel room and just spend some time with the Lord because my heart was so heavy. And sure enough, when I got there, my heart, it needed healing from the Lord and I needed to comprehend why, what was going on, what was the root. He randomly led me to Matthew 10. I can summarize it real quick for you, but it is when the 12 apostles, or I can say the 12 disciples, Jesus was giving them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. So Jesus was sending them out in pairs to go out and not to take anything. I'll start on Matthew 10, 16. And it says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, 
to bear witness before them in the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, and this is the part, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Oh, when I read that, I was like, okay, God, you're onto something. I knew there was going to be more pieces to this. I ended up reading it and I completed the whole chapter. But this is really what really stuck out to me. You know what? I'm being transparent here, so I'll go ahead and share it. So I have been having an issue with stuttering lately. I don't even know how it came about, but ever since my trip, whenever I got back from Israel, I have been having this issue where I have brain fog. I just cannot gather my words, my thoughts, and I am having the stutter issue. I don't know why, but it has really made me really, really self-conscious about it. So on Saturday, it was the full conference with different panels. It was good. It was great. But I really think that what I got out of the entire conference was Friday night. Friday night for a split second, I received what I needed to hear. And not that I didn't get more out of it on Saturday, but I just truly feel in my heart that Friday was for me. And once the conference finished on Saturday, I took myself out on a date with Jesus. I took my Bible and I had some ramen. Actually, guys, it was really, really good. As I left there, I started walking to a coffee shop. Once I got to the coffee shop, I asked the host if there was seating available for myself. And she told me it was 45 minutes. So I told her I would sit at the bar. I went around the bar, no seats. So I went ahead, ordered to go, ordered a really nice cake. It was like a white raspberry. Really, really delicious, by the way. And a coffee. And I went to go sit at a park that was literally walking distance. And as I sat there, I opened up the word and I started finishing. What did I finish? Oh, it was Acts because I wanted to finish um, the story of Paul. As I'm sitting there, I noticed this man that is right across from me. He never pulled out his phone. He was just sitting there and quiet. So I was honestly there probably an hour. And as I was reading the word, <sighs> the Holy Spirit tells me, go pray for him. I kind of just, uh, I hesitated a little bit. And once I completely finished reading, as I closed my Bible and I prayed thanking God for um, the knowledge and the understanding that he gave me. Once again, the Holy Spirit speaks, go pray for him. So I throw my trash out. I get up. I accepted what the Holy Spirit told me, but I told him because I had remembered the words on Matthew 10 from last night. And I said, Holy Spirit, I will go and speak to him. Use as your voice, but speak through me. Let all the words that come out of my mouth be all of you and none of me. As I am approaching him, I asked him if there is anything that I can pray for him. And he tells me he's not religious. And I say, okay, is there maybe any need or anything at the moment that you're currently facing? And he tells me, are you religious? And I tell him, it's not about a religion. It's more about having a personal relationship with God. Then he tells me that he's more atheist. And he tells me why he's an atheist. And he is truly explaining time in a manner of describing God. So I tell him, you are actually describing God right now. And I, at that moment, I got a little bit comfortable and I sat down 
And he just starts telling me his aspect and what he, and what his views are. And I kind of wanted to change the conversation a little bit for him to be more comfortable. Just asked him a little bit about how long has he been living in the area and all of that. And he begins to kind of open up. And he tells me that he's lived there for a couple of years. But at the moment, he doesn't have a job. And I could tell that he was going to sleep on that bench that night as he had blankets and backpacks and a couple of just items around him. He tells me that he wants to move to Florida or back to Colorado and he says he really loves the ocean. So that's where I kind of step in and I find that little icebreaker and I tell him that I love the ocean as well and we find some common ground there. And then he begins to kind of ask me a little bit about God. So he was curious. So I began answering his questions and I explained the gospel to him. I just felt it in my spirit. The words were just flowing so naturally and he was so open. And as I checked the time on my watch, it was already getting pretty late and I had a flight early in the morning. As I was ending the conversation, I asked him once again if there was anything I could pray for him. And he said, yes, pray for me. So I started praying over him and I started praying obviously for him to find a job, to for God to open opportunities for him. And most of all, for the words that were exchanged, for him to really ponder, may those words really engrave in his heart. So as I ended the prayer, I said goodbye to him and I probably walked about maybe 10, 15 steps and that's when the Holy Spirit told me to give him the money that I had in my purse. And I normally don't carry cash. And the only reason why I had this money was because my mom had given it to me as she had owed me for her cell phone. I honestly didn't even think about it twice. I went and I gave him the money. And as he saw the money, it shocked him. And he said, are you sure? And he's like, I normally don't take money. But in this moment, I really am in need. So he took the money and as I was about to walk away, he's like, well, I'm sorry, what was your name again? And I tell him my name. I tell him good night and I walk back. And as I'm walking towards my hotel, guys, my heart feels like it's on fire. Like I was like, oh my God, what is this? But it just felt like it was on fire. But it was like a happiness, like a happiness. I don't know, some type of fulfillment. I just felt something deep. And I was just trying to get to my room. As I get into my room, I put on worship music and I am just singing out to God. I'm just praising him and I'm thanking him. I'm thanking him that he used me in that moment. He had placed me at the right time, at the right location. He knew exactly. He put that desire of getting coffee. He had closed all doors for me to eat there because he needed me to go and speak to that man after I had read his word. See, not only did I speak to him, but he was able to see me from afar reading God's word. So as I'm in my hotel room, I'm a mess. I'm crying, tears of joy. I could tell you that as much as that was a blessing for him and he was able to receive the word of God and the gospel I felt like it was such a blessing for me because I was able to step in and be used by God. That was truly the joy that I felt in my heart. And as I got in the shower, God gave me a revelation. I began thinking about how the words were just flowing so naturally. I never stuttered. And 
That's when God just reveals to me. He tells me that I have been having a chokehold by the enemy because he is trying to quiet my voice. He is doing everything in his power for me not to be a voice for God's word. I'm having this moment in the shower and I'm just at an awe at this moment. And after being obedient, look what the Lord is doing. It's not just about the blessing that it was for him, but it was the blessing that was for me. I was able to finally get a revelation of why this was happening to me. And that night, I remembered it going back to Matthew 10, where it says, When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. Guys, it was in that moment. And then it says, for it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. And that's exactly what was happening in that moment. As I'm getting in my pajamas and I'm getting ready to sleep, I just couldn't help but keep thinking God. And I was just praying and praying for deliverance and just praying for God to really remove what the enemy is trying to do to cancel every single weapon that he is plotting against me. And at the end of the day, to really give me the voice that I need for this platform that he called me to do or that he called me to speak. God is so good, y'all. He is so, 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 so good. So this week, I've been really trying to figure out this whole self-doubt and shrinking that I've been having. I've been doing some praying. I've been doing some reading. And I came to share some of this with you because I feel that if I'm trying to figure this out, I want to be able to give you some of my insights, some of my findings. See, our trust in God is not somehow separate from our belief in ourselves. For far too long, we've been taught that believing unapologetically in ourselves is considered unladylike or unholy. But to the contrary, divine trust and self-belief are linked together by the umbilical cord of purpose. We cannot fulfill our destiny with just one or the other. We need both of them. The Bible says not to think more highly of ourselves than we should, but it doesn't say not to think highly of ourselves. The reason God wants you to have a strong, all things are possible self-image is for the very purpose of us being able to fulfill our purpose. We need a healthy and hearty self-image to even have the audacity to pursue all God has in store for all of us. Did you notice that I didn't say we need a strong self-image? That's because we need to believe in God. It's not enough to be a woman who loves God but doesn't really like herself. That's not God's will. But truth be told, most of us as women spend an inordinate amount of time trying to fix our faults or find a way to simply live with ourselves. If we don't learn to celebrate ourselves, we'll settle for a life that we simply just tolerate ourselves. And that's not what's up. You will shrink. We'll settle. We'll take leftovers and never go after what God has for us. What if we really believe in our potential and our power, not just focus on our imperfections? There is nothing God glorifying about us hiding our anointing, our gifts, and our voice. 
The very nature of our existence is a supernatural permission slip. When God said, let there be light in Genesis 3.1, he was giving us permissions to shine because we are worthy. We are capable. If God gave us a promise, if he gave us his word, he's going to fulfill it. That is the character. That is the God that we serve. That is our father. And as his daughters, we are royalty. We need to start seeing ourselves the way that he sees us. We need to remove this veil. We need to speak to ourselves with kind words. What I've been doing, honestly, and I've done it for quite some time, is I give myself pep talks in the mirror. I have to have this conversation with myself face to face because back then I used to have so many limiting beliefs about myself. I questioned everything about myself. I didn't even think I was pretty. I didn't think I was smart. I didn't think I was capable. And God slowly but surely, he removed that veil. He removed everything that was hindering me. Because in all reality, these are blessing blockers. The enemy is going to do everything in his power to stop us from propelling, going forward. As women of God, we have to step into purpose. We have to step and walk in faith. That is who God called us to be. This week, as I was studying Hebrews, I was blown away by the love of God. So I want to start off with chapter 1. Because here we can see the supremacy of God's son, which is Jesus. And it starts off, Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purification for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs Woo! that was a lot wasn't that here i just love how God has literally defined who Jesus is because as it says, he is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. So when Jesus came down to earth, he was truly God in human flesh. He was the voice of God. See here, it's saying the son of God is the great and final prophet whose revelation completes that of the Old Testament prophets through whom God also spoke. In John 6, 68, Peter speaking for all believers says to Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. And because he has the words of eternal life, we must pay close attention to every detail, everything that Jesus says. You may ask yourself, what qualifies him to fulfill these Old Testament offices? And the answer is his identity. He is the beginning and the end of all things. God's agent in creation and his heir. That is because he is almighty God. 
he shares the divine glory in the exact imprint of God's nature. He is of the very nature of God himself. He also performs works that only God performs, such as creating the universe and upholding it by the word of his power. All of this introduces Hebrews' main message, that Jesus with divine power and prerogative has made purifications for sins and has sat down at God's right hand. His sitting indicates that unlike Old Testament priests who never sat down when making sacrifices, Jesus has finished his work. There is no other sacrifice for sin besides Jesus' offering of himself to God on the cross. And because of where he sat at God's right hand, the place of greatest honor and authority in the universe, his work is perfect. It cannot be improved upon. And because his work is finished and perfect, it is effective to forgive sins. There is nothing that we can do that Jesus cannot forgive. Even if we think that we are beyond redemption, we can find forgiveness if we sincerely repent and believe in Jesus as our substitute. See, sometimes we act if Jesus' sacrifice weren't finished, perfect, or effective. When we sin, we sometimes beat ourselves up of self-punishment as if extra prayers, promises, and tears can somehow atone for our sins. It is right to be displeased with ourselves when we sin, but there is no other antidote to the poison of sin than Jesus' sacrifice. We dishonor him in his death if we act otherwise. Let us sincerely confess our sin and take forgiveness and cleansing from God's hand. That's in 1 John 1, 9. Based on the unique accomplishment of God's Son, our Savior. Now let's jump into chapter 2, 14 through 18. And it says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. In these verses, we can see the plan of salvation was conceived by God in heaven. It involved his son sharing in flesh and blood that is, becoming a human being. Why, you may ask? So that he may live a sinless life and die as a perfect sacrifice for us. See, the reason why Jesus never sinned is because he had to be the perfect lamb. No spots. So that means he had to be completely sinless to be the perfect sacrifice. You may ask, what does his death accomplish? 
Well, firstly, he died to destroy the one who has the power of death. In regards, we're speaking about the devil. When the devil seduced our first parents, which are Adam and Eve, to rebel against their creator, he put them under the power of death that was the consequence of their sin. But hey, I just want to tell you, of course, the devil is under God who alone has absolute power. By disobeying God, Adam and Eve, who were created to rule God's creation, instead, they became slaves to sin, Satan, and death. But we are grateful to God that one, stronger than the devil, loved us and gave himself for us to destroy the evil one and void his purposes. How comforting is it to know that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And we're talking about the enemy here. And that's in 1 John 4.4. 4. And then secondly, Christ's death delivers all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. The fear of death here is not merely a fear of dying. That is perfectly natural. It is rather the fear that has to do with punishment, a fear which perfect love casts out. And that's in 1 John 4.18. God's love in Christ assures us that there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And that's in Romans 8.1. God wants us to rejoice in our great Redeemer who is Jesus and his love sons and daughters to be unafraid of the wrath that will be manifested on the last days we have freedom we don't have to live in fear of dying because ultimately we know where we're going and what i love the most about the very last verse when it says for because he himself has suffered when tempted he is able to help those who are being tempted because Jesus himself suffered and he is able to help us. Okay, let's jump into chapter 4 and we'll read 14 through 16. And this is where we're talking about Jesus, the great high priest. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How precious is that? We can find our confidence and draw near to the throne of grace. And know that we will receive mercy and grace in our time of need. And this is what I really wanted to emphasize in this episode. I, in the past years, was a victim of this. I truly didn't come to the Lord because of my shame, my guilt. Every single time that I said I would get right with God, it didn't happen because I would fall every single time I would sin. And I was so ashamed of it and I felt like I had to literally be perfect to be able to come in the presence of God. How could I try to form a relationship with God after I had felt him over and over and over? So just reading this, we can see that 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter of what we've done because he's understanding. He knows. He sympathizes with our weaknesses. He's been in the flesh. He's walked in our shoes. I just truly love this message here because I don't think we understand his grace. I know grace is a word that we just throw around, but this passage is summarizing our great high priest is a human being who identifies with us. This is communicated through the human name Jesus given at his birth. And you can find that in Matthew 1.25 and also in Luke 2.21. Through the noteworthy statement of Hebrews, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin, saying, Our great high priest is also divine. It's God himself. This is communicated through the author saying that Jesus has passed through the heavens. No earthly high priest ever ascended to God's heavenly throne. No one. Jesus' deity is also communicated through the divine title, the Son of God. Consequently, our priest is both God and man. As a genuine human being, he is able to sympathize with us in our weakness since he shared them, including knowing temptation. But as the second Adam, he never sinned. Therefore, as God himself who became the perfect man, he is able to give us mercy and grace when we come to God through him. We are to come boldly before God's awesome heavenly throne, which through Jesus has become for us the throne of grace. We do so assured that Jesus as a man understands our struggles, our falls, our shortcomings. And as God is able and willing to help us in our distress, this is the great incentive to prayer and praise. It's all about the throne of grace. There is no one like our God. There is no one that loves us. There is no greater love story than Jesus. Jesus who gave up his life willingly for us to have a relationship with our father because that was the only way. Okay, and lastly, I want to talk about the certainty of God's promise and that you can find it in Hebrews 6, 13 through the 20th. So let's read it. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no greater by whom to swear He swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, He guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, he who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. This is, oh, guys, this is just so beautiful to me. 
because here you can see that God made promises to Abraham and fortified them with an oath. Abraham believed God and obtained the promise here. And us, we are we can do the same. This is what I want to show you. God stooped to meet us in our weakness. He added his oath to his promise. I mean, come on, like if his word wasn't enough. And why did he do it? So that we, his heirs, have the promise made to Abraham and believers in Jesus. This is where he says, might have strong encouragement. God does not want us to doubt our salvation. At the same time, he spurs on us so that we might hold fast to the hope set before us. Our hope is secure as an anchor of the soul that Jesus took with him into the most holy place when he returned to the Father's presence. He went into heaven as a forerunner on our behalf. Therefore, we will surely follow him there. Such hope inspires us to love him who loved us like this and to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And you can find that on Matthew 6. 633 I just had to add that in there because truly if we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness all things are going to be added God is a faithful God he is not a God that's going to lie remember his word never returns void and he always walks before us every promise that he makes it's going to come to pass. So I truly hope that this has been an encouragement as much as it has been to me. Just really setting that foundation where we can be rooted in good soil and holding on to his truth, to his promises. And most of all, his love, his mercy, his goodness. They walk with us. So guys, I am truly so thankful that you've listened all the way through. I know this episode was a lot longer because I truly did want to be more personable with you. I wanted to bring you along my journey and honestly get to know me a little bit better. I want you to be able to feel like you can be vulnerable in this platform. Okay, so for this week, I want you to make a list of anywhere from 15 maybe to 20 things that you love and appreciate about yourself because I want you to get down into your heart and really find your worth. I want you to love yourself and bring out your qualities. What makes you you? I'll just throw some that I wrote for myself. I said, I love that I always fight to love myself no matter how broken I can be. I love my ability to be a go-getter. I love how kind I am. I appreciate my boldness. I love my process of thinking. So the reason why I want to do this is because I want you to see this is everything that God has given you. All of your qualities, all of your traits. These are all from the Lord. It's your personality, your character. And every day this for the rest of this week, I want you to read them and really take them to heart. Let's just go ahead and say a quick prayer. God, make us women who are unashamed of our magnificence. Keep our heart pure, our gifts sharp, and our confidence anchored unapologetically in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. I will see you next time. 
much for listening to Becoming My Voice. I pray you have received encouragement from today's message. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review so we can grow this community and empower other women. To stay up to date with Becoming My Voice and extra content, you can follow me on Instagram at Becoming My Voice. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.